It is Wednesday, December the 6th, 2023. Welcome to the show. The CBC is laying off 10% of its employees. Question is, will they still be paying bonuses to the head honchos? Bank of Canada holds its key lending rate this morning. RBC is hit with a huge fine. In Canada, consumer debt is now at another all-time high. And U.S. job openings are way less than expected. Lots to cover today. Let's get started with today's news. It has been a very tough year so far for Canadian media companies who have been suffering through lots of layoffs and also, of course, advertising revenues have been shrinking quite rapidly. With this as context, CBC Radio Canada has announced that it will be cutting 10% of its workforce. It's also going to be cutting back on production and it's trying to address this $125 million budget shortfall that it finds itself with. CBC's government funding totaled $1.27 billion dollars in fiscal 2023. Now, about a year ago, Conservative leader Pierre Polyev, he said that he thinks that CBC should actually be defunded. Just check out this video. So uh, he's pretty clear in his thoughts there. But Catherine Tate, she's the CBC's president and CEO. She does not agree with uh, Polyev. And she said in an interview uh, with CBC's Adrian Arsenault that the value we get as Canadians from the CBC is well worth the money that we spend. Here's what she has to say. I believe that Canadians, and I know that 75% of Canadians still consider CBC a trusted source of credible news. And about the same percentage, that is the majority of Canadians, believe that CBC is good value for money. At $33 per capita um, annually, that's about a dime a day that, C that Canadians are paying for CBC Radio-Canada. So differences of opinion there, obviously. I'm wondering what you think. Do we get good value from CBC? Personally, I do watch the, the station from time to time, but for the most part, I get my news um, online these days. On this broadcast on Monday, I covered off the huge bonuses that we're seeing the big banks paying out to their staff this year. The issue of bonuses came up in Arsenal's interview as well. I'm just, just curious about something. I, I'm going to presume no bonuses this year. I mean, the Canadian Taxpayer Federation said a Freedom of Information request showed 16 million were paid in bonuses in 2022. Can we establish that that is not happening this year? It's too early to say where we are for this year. We'll be looking at that like we do all our line items in the coming months. So there's a, there's a chance bonuses could still happen at a time when jobs are being cut? I, again, I, I'm not going to comment on something that hasn't been discussed at this point. So I'm going to take this no comment as a yes uh, that bonuses will be paid. Now, as far as the job cuts are concerned, uh, Tate said on Monday that a total of 800 jobs are being cut. That includes 200 vacant positions, which are not going to be filled. The cuts are going to see 250 positions cut at each of CBC and Radio Canada. The remaining 300 are going to be coming from the technology and infrastructure and other corporate divisions. It does look, though, according to Ms. Tate's interview, that there will be no divisions that will be spared. Well, I have to say, Adrian, every single department, every division in the company for it to reach a number as big as 125 million 
everybody had to give. And so we are not, there isn't one area that won't be touched. What we did was we tried to make decisions deliberately and thoughtfully so that we can plan for the future. These layoffs are going to include both union and non-union positions. They're going to begin immediately, are expected to take about 12 months for the entire process to be complete. No big surprise here, the Bank of Canada this morning, it held its target rate uh, at 5% for the third consecutive meeting now. Um, as I say, the odds are pretty much overwhelming the banks would leave borrowing costs at this level. This is a 22-year high. We haven't seen rates this high since uh, back in the early 2000s. The bank's release this morning, it noted that there are further signs that the monetary policy they've implemented is moderating spending and actually relieving price pressures. But it does say that it remains concerned about risks to the outlook for inflation and they are also prepared to raise the policy rate further if needed. Now, in Canada, economic growth stalled through the middle, uh, middle quarters of 2023. Real GDP shrunk by 1.1% in the third quarter, and that followed growth of only 1.4% in Q2. The bank talks about higher interest rates, and they say that higher interest rates are clearly restraining spending. A consumption growth in the last two quarters was close to zero. It also noted that business investment has been essentially flat um, over the past year. The other takeaways from the announcement, the labor market continues to ease. Uh, job creation has been slower than the labor force growth. Job vacancies have declined further. It mentions the unemployment rate, of course, has risen modestly. Uh, the bank said it wants to see further and sustained easing in core inflation, and it continues to focus on balance between demand and supply in the economy, inflation expectations, wage growth, and corporate pricing behavior. The central bank also said it is continuing its policy of quantitative tightening. One of the big challenges for a lot of new investors is simply to get the confidence that they need to make good investment decisions, and in a lot of cases, even to take that first step into investing. And people feel alone, they don't know where to turn to to share their ideas. Even as an investment advisor for many, many years when I was in the business, I had a group of other advisors that we would talk regularly and we'd bounce ideas off. If this sounds like you, um, have a look at the social app Blossom. There are currently 70,000 members across Canada that share ideas, thoughts, strategies. This might give you some confidence and support, most importantly, as you move along in your own investment journey. The app is free, so just go ahead, download it, sign up if you're interested in keeping track of my trades, my portfolio. My username on the platform is Mark B, so that's M-A-R-C-B. You can keep up to date on what I'm doing. There is an agency here in Canada called the Financial Transactions and Reports Analysis Centre of Canada. It's generally known as FinTrack, and it is Canada's financial intelligence unit. It's charged with overseeing the financial system in general, and it plays a key role in anti-money laundering oversight. This agency has just uh, imposed a fine of $7.5 million on Canada's uh, largest bank, Royal Bank, for failing to submit suspicious transaction reports. So entities like banks, uh, investment dealers, financial institutions in general, they have an obligation to report suspicious uh, tra uh, transactions to the regulator, and this furthers the effort of combating uh, money laundering. Well, in this case, FinTrack said that it found that RBC wasn't filing suspicious transaction reports properly, and it said that it lacked the appropriate and documented governance for implementing the AML procedures. According to the report, RBC failed to submit 16 suspicious transaction reports. And this fine comes on the heels of Canada's second largest bank, TD, which is currently being investigated by the U.S. Department of Justice for the same problem. It's failing to report suspicious transactions related to money laundering there. Now, in response to the fine, Royal Bank said, 
We chose not to appeal, but believe the fine is not at all commensurate with an administrative matter where there is no connection to money laundering or terrorist financing offenses. Equally important, there is no finding that anyone exercised judgment in bad faith or knowingly contributed to violations. If you're struggling to make your debt payments, you're certainly not alone here in Canada. According to the latest report out by Equifax, there is a trend of missed payments in all types of credit products across the entire country. In the third quarter, over 139,000 consumers in Canada missed at least uh, one payment. The hardest hit provinces, no big surprise here, they were Ontario and British Columbia where housing costs remain so extremely high. Uh, Vice President of Advanced Analytics at Equifax, Rebecca Oaks, she says, increasing rental costs are the norm. Mortgage holders are starting to miss payments, particularly first-time home buyers and those who renewed their mortgages during the peak interest rate periods over the past 12 months. With many upcoming mortgage renewals, consumers need to prepare for potential payment shocks. Uh, the report says a total consumer debt in Canada reached $22.4 trillion uh, in Q3 2023, and that is up 80.9, almost $81 billion from the same time last year. Uh, total credit card balances, they reached $113.4 billion. That is now at an all-time high. It is also a 16% increase uh, from last year. Now, another uh, sign that financial stress may be uh, here is over the past year, there have been more than $6 million new credit cards issued here in Canada, and that is up 13.7% uh, year over year. And this is driven by a number of different factors. Um, they're all putting a strain on uh, Canadian household budgets, and they're making it difficult for a lot of people to make ends meet. Um, the average balance for credit card holders right now is $4,119, and that is an increase from $3,727 a year ago. Credit card delinquency rose by 15.8% in the third quarter. Uh, consumers in the age group of 36 to 55, uh, that sees the largest increase of 20.8%. As was noted in the report, uh, credit card behavior can be a major indicator uh, of ongoing financial stress. The percentage of card users that were making only the minimum payments, that rose by 3.4% in the quarter. The report also points to uh, the population growth, which is exceeding new housing volumes. And this is a factor that is preventing home prices from dropping despite these higher interest rates that we're faced with. This report highlights the obvious fact that this is not good news for those who are renewing mortgages in 2024. The U.S. Labor Department it released its October JOLTS report. This is Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey. The data here show that the U.S. job openings fell to a two-and-a-half-year low, uh, with labor demand dropping 617,000 for the month. This now sees total labor demand in the U.S. at 8.733 million. This is the lowest level since March of 2021, and it is actually down from the 9.35 million that were seen back in September of this year. Um, in the U.S., job openings refer to all positions that are open, or in other words, not filled, on the last business day of each month. This report came in with a uh, larger than expected decline in unfilled jobs. Analysts had forecasted 9.3 million openings in October, so that's far higher than the, uh, the numbers that actually came in at 8.7 million. So this data is, to me, a very strong sign that the higher interest rates are, in fact, dampening demand for workers. And in the end, it plays right into the hand of the Federal Reserve policymakers. It largely is anticipated now that they've peaked out their interest rate cycle. They will begin cutting rates in 2024. I am here every Monday, every Wednesday. Please don't forget to subscribe before you leave this video. Also, check out our Investing Academy. I will put a link in the video below. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you in the next video.